Welcome to A Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Leonard Sultana. This isn't one of our regular Sunday hangouts. Uh, this is kind of like a one-shot that we do every once in a while where we get to talk to interesting people uh, with connections to San Diego Comic-Con and just interesting people in general. Um, it's one of the highlights of setting up the website that I get to talk to these uh, these people. It's definitely one of the benefits of uh, setting the site up and it's always great when uh, the person I get to speak to has such an invested interest in something that's happening at Comic-Con. And that is definitely true in the case of uh, my guest uh, on today's interview, which is Mr. Edward Tracy. Hello, Edward. How are you doing, sir? Hi, Leonard. Very well, thank you. I, again, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm slipping into calling you by your Sunday name. I, 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 it's, it's just the way I work. It's the way I... It's Edward. I know, is it? What was my... What, was, what did you call me? Edward. Ed, yeah, Ed. Most people call me Ed. Yeah, so long as I don't go Monty Python, you just Eddie Baby. Uh, exactly. So we don't, <laughs> don't go that far. Okay. Um, well, Edward is the uh, writer and director of a film called Capture, which is a short film which is um, going to be screened as part of the Comic Con International International Film Festival. Uh, and yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, what can you tell us? Well, first of all, what can you tell us about yourself? I mean, for someone who doesn't know who you are, because, I mean, you've got a massive body of work behind you, especially when it comes to um, British television and British projects. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I've, um, yeah, my, my big break was uh, almost 10 years ago to the day when we got commissioned to do a show which I'd created with a comedian called Kayman Novak, and that show was Phone Jacker. So I'd been through, since I was a kid, been making films and making short films, and that's how I met Kayvan was he was in a short film that I was, or rather I met him while I was making a short film, asked him to be in it. Um, and through that relationship, he played me his prank phone calls. Uh, I put them to animation. We joined, we teamed together and um, made the show called Phone Jacker, yeah. So we'd made two series of that, one a BAFTA, um, and that led to us doing, well, we also did a series called Face Jacker after spin-off of that, um, and that led to my relationship with Film 4, making Capture. Okay. Now, Capture is a 15-minute short, um, but it's incredibly ambitious in its scope and the, the questions that it asks. Uh, without ruining too much of the end, uh, can you describe the film uh, to everyone? Yeah. Um, so this, it's set in a, it's a, we describe it as a steampunk or a diesel punk, rather. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> <I'll start laughs> that You're just making up terms now. I'm just making it up. Uh, I should be good at this by now. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a spy thriller um, with, a rom- with a romance story at the heart of it and set in a steampunked London, which is, in fact, which is what most people have heard of the term steampunk, or some people. If they've heard of anything at all punked, it's steampunks. But um, rather than make it Victorian, which is the steampunk thing, I made it 1940s uh, alternate reality where the Second World War hasn't started, you know, hasn't, hasn't occurred. Um, so it's more playing along the Cold War thriller um, type of genre. Uh, tapping into the noir thing. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not telling you anything about the story. So this is obviously I'm learning. <laughs> not at all. Process. 
So that's the world. Um, and the story really came about from my, I wanted to make a, I thought, I thought it'd be a fun thing to start with the idea of the Cupid's arrow. Um, you know, the, 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 the myth of him firing an arrow and making someone fall in love with someone else. So I, so we developed that idea. Um, and the producer, Preeti Mavahali came on board. She worked at Film 4. And we came, came to the, we came to the point where we had a story, which was, um, a spy, female spy has, has spiked, as we like to call it, uh, her target, a male scientist played by Arthur Darville, um, into making him fall in love with her in order to spy on him. But in the process, she's fallen in love with him for real. So the point of the, of the story is when they're going to end the mission, they're going to kill him. So she makes that decision. Does she, you know, where does her loyalty lie? Is it with her mark, the, the target, or is it with the, spying organization that she's working for i mean certainly there's a bunch of films that i can call on when it comes to kind of referencing this film when you talk about um the stylization of the film i I'd certainly I, I when i was watching the film i was recalling um dark city um if uh, i'm certainly you know that movie with kika sutherland in there and uh, it certainly has that kind of and also Brazil as well, that kind of like timeless stylization kind of uh, vibe to the whole uh, mm. thing. Which, yeah, it's something. Well, yeah. Thank you. yeah, I mean, those, the world, building the world was, was one of the most fun parts of the, of the process. Initially, I thought I'd set it in the future. So when I went to, having done those comedy shows with, with Channel 4, they... I, went, I set up a meeting with the uh, film for, and they, they said, what do you want to make? And I told them I want to make a sci-fi thriller, uh, action thriller. Obviously, as a short film, you'd be completely mad to try and do that because it's just a very limited budget and all the rest of it. But I was undaunted by that. Um, but as the process went along, I was, I thought I couldn't compete with the likes of Hollywood, uh, you know, Total Recall, Reboot, Re um, Robocop and the like. So I set it in the forties and, um, and I started looking online at the, at the work of a, uh, a very talented map painter. I don't know if you know what map paintings are, but it's when you film me, you know, right. And then you, they paint in the background, they create this world. So there's this guy called, uh, Pete Amakri, who I contacted having seen his work online. Uh, he was up for it, convinced him to be, part of the part of the project part of pitching at that point so once he got involved then that whole world of the 40s sort of exaggerated architecture um slightly one click away or more than slightly a click away from reality um that really just started to come to life that that world um and most of it we, we achieved it because we shot most of the film in the green screen studio well, much than well absolutely. I mean, that's the other film that I certainly uh, referenced as well when I was watching the film, which is uh, Sky Captain and the, the World of Tomorrow, the uh, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow film, where it is very much a case of the actors uh, creating this world um, very much um, within their imaginations and your painting in uh, the background. But uh, I mean, yeah, let's talk about the, the cast, which is just absolutely phenomenal for capture. Um, I mean, 
we'll start with uh, Arthur Darville, uh, which most people will know as Rory from Doctor Who. But I mean, from the top down, it's just it's just a class cast list from top to bottom. Can you talk about um, how they came on board and uh, what they what they thought of the, the project when they first kind of got approached? Yeah, thank you. Um, it was we were very very lucky with the cast. Um, the with Arthur, it was we had the scripts in place. Um, we were ready to, you know, move into production. Um, and we didn't have a, we didn't have a lead. So one of the producers at, uh, film four, executive producers, I should say, is called Piers Wenger. And he was, um, behind, he was working at the BBC, uh, when they rebooted and he was the man behind rebooting the Doctor Who franchise, if you like. Um, so he knew Arthur. He was heavily involved in this film helping us work out the beats of the story and overseeing it. And ultimately it was his sort of a yes or no on, on whether or not we went ahead with it. And um, so, yeah, he said he'd mentioned it to Arthur. Arthur thought it was a very ambitious script. I think he was interested in to see, interested to see how we were actually going to be able to pull it off. And I met him uh, for a coffee and it was, it was a really simple uh, process of just having a quick chat about how he, how I, you know, how he was going to approach it, um, and we just said, "Yeah, let's do it. It's cool." I've seen the interview online where he's just like going, "Yeah, this sounds, this sounds fun. This sounds interesting. Let's let's jump in and give it a go." Yeah, it really was. It was really, really was jumping in at the deep end. I mean, the uh, Amy, who plays the his love interest, the the, the opposite lead. Uh, in the film, she'd been involved in the project before it was even started. So she was well, you know, she, she was, she was very, uh, knowledgeable about the whole film because I'd written it with her in mind. I'd written that part and I thought, great, let's do it. Let's do an action thriller with a, with a female lead. And I knew her, I knew she was a brilliant actress. So it was great that she and Arthur clicked so well. Um, and it's testimony to, to, to both of them that we, we just chucked them in at the deep end. We didn't have any time to rehearse because Arthur was very busy and he was also doing a play at the same time. So we'd be talking through the scenes on the set, which is a nightmare because you've just got no time to do that. And, um, but it was good. It was kind of adrenaline and we were just working the stuff out we needed to work out on the set. Um, so I it's can great that they also clicked. A lot of can imagine that's a lot of faith in you as a director as well, being the, the, the driving force of the film. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I like to think so. I mean, well, the thing is, if you've got great actors, then I, I don't think the director has to say anything, you know, or very, very, very little. Um, it's really there. You, you're leaning on what they're bringing to the process in terms of the artistry uh, of what, you know, what they bring into the part. Um, so... Yeah, and, and to come back to your point of the rest of the cast, it was, I was extremely lucky to get, uh, Nigel Lindsay, who's a very well respected theatre actor and he, he's done films as well. So I got to, got through to him through Kay Van Novak. So he, Kay Van and I had done the shows Phone Jacker and Face Jacker together. I asked Kay to be a sort of cameo in, in this film. Um, and yeah, he, he was in a film with, uh, in a film called Four Lions with Nigel. So he put the call in to, and asked Nigel to meet me. Um, 
and yeah, uh, met with him again. He's it was it was quite tricky because we shot it over the Christmas period of twenty uh, twelve. So you know, it's, it would it was basically four or five days out. It was five days out of what would be a Christmas holiday for the, for these people. So um, it was good from the point of view of crew because a lot of the crew were otherwise not involved in projects. So we could get some amazing crew. Um, but equally, yeah, it's it's a it's a big ask to to get people to give up that time of the year, um, which which is great because people were really there because they wanted to be there, and it makes a big difference. Yeah, I mean, so like I say, we've talked about the the kind of like the top three uh, leads of the film, but uh, all the way down to it, someone that we don't actually see on screen, which is <laughs> Zoe Wanamaker. Um, yeah, I'm a massive fan of right. Uh, well, I mean, was it, was it a case of just calling in every favour in the book? To, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I've actually known, I've known her, uh, I know her through a very, very old friend of mine. So I've known her since I was about 16 or something. Um, and always wanted to try and get her in something, but, you know, there was never any, the right thing to do. Um, and she was always busy and all the rest of it. But she's so she's so open to helping out um you know, emerging filmmakers as well. So, yeah, and the fact that it was a voiceover, I was able to just go to her house uh, with the sound man. We set up a little um, portable recording booth and she was there with a little roll-up and uh, getting when we were getting the voiceover of, of Zoe Wanamaker. So it definitely adds a, another level of class to, to the film. Fantastic. Well, I, you were talking there about um, knowing Zoe for some time, but that's not the earliest person on the crew that you've known yeah exactly uh, yeah about that yeah um well the the um the director of photography charlie granger um i've known since i was about four years old so we would make um yeah we'd make we've been making films for years basically or just chipping away and doing little short films and through our 20s but all the way back to when we were kids um, I remember he had a theatre set and we'd be making our little productions and showing his parents and stuff. And so I don't know. It's just something we've... Uh, it's it's crazy that we've both ended up in the same thing, but actually his parents were in the business. So I think um, knowing someone who was in the business and when you watch TV when you're a kid, it's quite, you know, it's quite a distant thing. But actually when you know people who work in the business, it opens up that whole possibility in your mind that actually you could do it for a living. So... I think knowing him and knowing his parents led me to thinking, pursuing it as a career, I guess, yeah. And giving you the support, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Well, just the thought that the, that you could actually make money and that could be your living is making films. As a child, I think that was, yeah, made a big made a big impression on me. So, and obviously him too, because he's now well-respected DOP. And um, we both actually, he got me my first job as a cameraman when I was when I left college, so that was in my t early twenties, and um, I eventually moved away into directing. But he still works as a cameraman, so uh, and we work together, which is brilliant. You know, when you've known someone that long, uh, you can basically tell each other to f off, and it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> so in the, when you're in the trenches of making a film uh, with the, with all the limitations and the pressures, then uh, it's good to know that you ultimately you know you've got a friend for life there and, and it doesn't matter actually you just say what you've got to say and uh, you know you work through it 
Excellent. I mean, certainly you were talking there about uh, the, the, the shooting schedule, which was 2012. I mean, this is obviously, I mean, for a short film, but then again, uh, if I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm, we're going to talk about how you can actually see the film uh, if you're watching this. Um, because if you do watch the film, you see it's just, um, it's epic in scope in the way it's been uh, put together. But for it's 15 minutes, so it's quite a long gestation period. Um, I mean, what, when did you really start working on, on Capture? Um, I started working on it in the beginning of 2011 because the, uh, I just checked my emails and saw that the first, my first meeting with Film 4, the head of uh, Film 4, was in October 20, 2010. So that was quite scary to think uh, it's been that long. Um, and it's all, uh, you know, it's a uh, great uh, hats off to my wife for putting up with uh, five years of basically me working on the same project. But my, my intention from the beginning was to be as ambitious as I possibly could with it. You know, the ultimate ambition is to make a feature film. So I wanted this to be a 15-minute slice of what could potentially be uh, the feature. So I didn't want to scrimp on any of the aspects. I wanted to try and tackle everything from sound, you know, the, the, the special effects, stunts, prosthetics, uh, you know, the, the, even down to the music. When we went, ended up going to uh, record with the Budapest uh, Symphony Orchestra in Hungary. So everything, I just felt like this was the one chance I was going to get. If it was, then I was going to throw everything at it. Um, and, and time is the one thing that actually you have the most of when you're working on a short film, money being usually the least. So I think you can, if you've got time, you can get all that extra uh, production value into, into the film. And um, I think in the end, the film, if I just wanted to make it in uh, a few weeks or so, it would have, co would have cost about a quarter of a million pounds. Um, we got... 50,000 was the, uh, the actually what we got. So, uh, and that is largely down to um, the mill getting involved and their visual effects uh, house, one of the top in the world, if not the, 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 t the best. Um, and they do 30-second commercials, 12 million pound Nike um, promotional videos and, you know, commercials. So for them to take on a 15-minute film, I don't think they would have done it if, I, if they'd known how much work it was, I think they would have thought twice. But I was able to kind of tease them, you know, give them the script. It was a seven-minute script at the time, and then it went to 15. Um, there were only going to be 27 shots, which I told them swore blind that it was going to be 27. Um, and bless them, uh, they, they went, you know, they stuck by it and they really supported it. But it meant that, so we shot it in 2012, December, because the, the scripting, I was learning how to write on the, during that process between 2011 and 2012. Uh, so we shot it in 2012, December, and they finally delivered all of the effects in February 2014. So it was just over a year um, with a huge gap in the middle where they went off and did uh, jobs which were actually paying them. But, um, yeah, couldn't have done it without them. Um, and yeah, like I say, it was so 20 from October, 2010 being the first meeting mid 2011, start thinking about the script. Uh, and then it finally finished, um, 
July 2014. Yeah. Well, I, I know also that the, the tone of the whole thing uh, kind of changed as well from that first initial run up and kind of because you create did you create like a, 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 a small small movie as kind of like just to get an idea of um what you were wanting to do with the project but like you say uh, film four were thinking they well, we're going to get a comedy uh, that's but, right yeah i mean how did the tone change across the project well it's the tone of it so first of all i didn't think i'd ever be in with a chance of making a film with film four having not made the only other serious short film I'd made was the one I mentioned when I met Kayvan, and that was uh, about minicab drivers, and uh, he was playing a minicab driver in that. So then I spent the next six, seven, eight years um, working with him on the TV shows, and, and so come to 2010 when I had a bit more time on my hands, um, I, yeah, I mean, I was feeling quite bold as well. And the fact that Film 4, we had a BAFTA, and it was like, okay, I'm going to make a, I want to make a short film. And the commissioner at 4, um, Shane Allen at the time, he, you know, he put my name in the hat and they said, great, let's meet him. But, you know, the expectation was comedy, as you say. Um, which I think they were surprised then to hear that I wanted to make a sci-fi thriller um, set in the future. And but they still they thought okay he's making stuff for three but it's going to be funny though right <laughs> <laughs> which I would be saying yes yes it's going to be funny like wow <laughs> so six months into it we were still there were still comedy elements in there um, because I feared that if I told them it was just there was no comedy whatsoever then they would think well you've never done anything other than comedy so therefore we're not going to fund it. Um, but the, the what came out of the fact that I still thought it was going to be comedy at that point, um, even like I say, six months into the process of script writing, we did a read through the first um, when we f had a first draft of it with Amy because she was on involved, obviously from the beginning and before. Um, and I got one of my another mate who I've known since I was about nine years old, called Henry Packer, who's a well-respected comedy writer and stand-up comedian. So he played opposite her in the, in the read-through, um, which as soon as you start reading a sci-fi script, I mean, there were comedic elements to his character, but you just, you're just waiting for someone to make you laugh. And that's not what you want in a, you know, a serious kind of thriller. But they, um, but they met on that day. Um, we all ended up going out together and, you know, we went on and they went on together and now they're married. Oh, wow. So we've got, um, <laughs> we've got marriage out of this film. And also the script has always been, it's always been about a girl called Katya. Um, and now I have a three year old daughter called Katya. Oh, so nice. Something about the timeline as well. And the <laughs> fact that I like the name Katya. You see, this is where I fully expect now to see, because I, I haven't watched all the way through to the very end credits, but, you know, like the Pixar babies and just at the bottom, catch your baby. Catch baby's marriages. <laughs> I know, thankfully no deaths yet, but, you know, it's still time. <laughs> oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, I'd love to have no, uh, seen Being a Fly on the Wall when uh, the uh, uh, when you finally did actually deliver some... Um, footage to film for and they suddenly realized that ah we've been kind of well, they, knew. 
Well, thankfully, uh, yeah, thankfully they knew at some point they were they were saying, <laughs> you know what, it's it's not, isn't it? It's not happening. Um, but that was the beauty of working with them, is because they, I always felt like they would back it. Uh, they just, we just had to get it right, and they were there with along that journey with with us to to find what the film was and find the right script and just. Um, you know, continue to support us and be and, and give feedback. And, but as it took so long, I think they were not only at Film Four, but the BFI were involved, um, and there were others. Another exec uh, who it's called Alan Niblo, who's the head of Vertigo Films, who did Monsters and um, Bronson and, and lots of films going back. So over and all, there were something like eight execs involved in the film, six of which. Uh, you know, moved jobs during the process of the film. But thankfully, there's uh, one still at Film 4 who was the one who was the person who took it over the line called Evie Yates. She she took it on having, you know, one of the other execs left. And um, so at that point, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be comedy and we had a better idea about what the film was going to be. Um, yeah, thankfully, we they stuck with it. I think they they kind of felt... Get, they would feel pretty bad if at that point they didn't back it. Although I've heard there are films which have been in development at four for sort of 10, 11, 12 years. Um, they are certainly a company that are looking, they look to the long haul and that they, they definitely have the investment uh, behind them. That's kind of like their, their trademark and that's, that's yeah. great for you. Right. So when, well, I hope when it won't when take we... 11 years to make the feature. <laughs> <laughs> so when, 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 did, when did the film kind of like wrap? When did that all, was it, uh, believe it? So we finished, again? yeah, we, we basically, we, we finished it um, July. Well, it was a bit earlier, but as I say, we'd finished, we'd finished the look, the visuals of the film um, in January 2014. And then um, to, to just throw a, you know, a spanner in the works, I'd organized through, um, through someone I'd met who, who organized orchestras. So we, would, as I say, went down to Hungary to record the, orchestra, uh, to record the score with the composer Sam Williams um, and a man called Graham Walker who has worked on 85 feature films. And So he did it as a favor and we, we were able to do it, still scraping the last bits of money that we had left in the budget to go down there. But it did mean that it would just push the process even maybe two or three months. Um, and the final process was the audio mix, which, um, again, you know, with the favors I pulled in on the mill that someone I knew there, they got behind it. Um, so Molinaire, who are another big production company in, in, uh, in Soho, they did the sound mix. Um, and the guy who did the sound design was the same man who is, who did the same, who did the sound design on my film in 2004, who happens to be the brother-in-law of my oldest mate, Charlie Grange of the DOP. So it's just sort of this <laughs> network of building up my team and, you know, they get behind it and it's, you couldn't do it without them. Excellent. Um, yeah, so it just meant that we did the final screening. We did a cast and crew screening at Channel 4 uh, in July of last year. It didn't have its premiere until December because we were waiting for, you know, uh, this is a whole part of the process which I knew nothing about, which is the short film Life uh, yeah. short film festival so we waited for the london short film festival to to do its premiere um and also we 
we also got into the sci-fi festival in Sydney, Australia, where it won best uh, best international film, which was nice. And it's since <laughs> got into it's brilliant. So it's since got into twenty festivals. Um, there's the thirty fifth Fantafest in 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 Italy, which is Italy's oldest sort of fantasy festival. Uh, it's got into four in Spain, um, two in France, Estonia, Germany. Um, and America, which has been amazing. It, it won the best drama at the Superman Celebration Film Festival, excuse me, in uh, Superman Celebration Film Festival in Metropolis, Illinois, the home of Superman. So we, nice. we got a, a, a trophy is in the, in the post, um, <laughs> they assure me, and a check as well, um, which is cool. Cause it, and it's got into San Diego. So well, really yeah, happy. which... About that. Yeah, which absolutely leads us on to uh, the International Film Festival, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, you talked about the, the, the this culture of short film festivals that you kind of like discovered. What was your first? Or who kind of brought up the idea of taking it to Comic Con? Um, well, actually, the, the brilliant thing about social media um, is you just speak to the most random people you never would speak to. And I spoke to a girl in L.A. I was trying to get it into a, any festival in, in California. And um, for the life of me now, I'm going to... She's called Heidi Honeycutt. Nice. Uh, hello, Heidi. And um, she runs a festival which is for women's only, women directors only um, action sci-fi uh, festival. So I'd sent, you know, I'd, I was just emailing everyone. Um, as I discovered, if you're... Half I'm just, I'm just, I was just about to say, just because the surname is Tracy, I don't <laughs> think you're going to quite pull that off. Tracy Edwards. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, uh, this half of this year has been me sat on the front of a computer typing thousands of, uh, you know, these entrance forms that you have to enter all these festivals. But one of them, yeah, I'd, I'd sent it to that one, or at least I'd contacted her and said, do you know anyone? And she was really, she watched the film, she loved it. She said, oh, if you were a woman, we would put it on our festival. <laughs> um, but she's, so she suggested hitting up all of those Comic-Con um, festivals. So we've since got it into Dragon Con as well, which is uh, in Atlanta. Yeah. But for me, that felt, because coming from somewhere that I didn't, that was all, all very alien to me, that kind of short film world. Um, and actually... The type of people I want to enjoy this film are those Comic Con, that Comic Con crowd who, you know, they love sci-fi, they love thrillers, action, um, yeah, and that. So that was fantastic to get it into Comic Con. Yeah. So I mean, the, the one thing about Comic Con is, um, while it does cover a lot of niche uh, elements, it is very much in front of the one of the biggest platforms. Uh, for to celebrate pop culture, so it, mm. I mean, as calling cards go, I mean, it's certainly something to put in front of some of the biggest companies uh, in in the world. I'm, I'm guessing that was part of the driving force of taking it to San Diego. Yeah, I mean, those. If I think of some of my favourite films, um, they would all just be the type of films that that would sit well at, at Comic Con. Um, I think with ours, we're trying to push it a little bit into more of a European and artistic sensibility and rather than going full on commercial um, Hollywood style. 
but we're still very much kind of feet in both camps and we want it to be a film that people are going to want to go and see um you know i want to see the capture figures i want those on my wall man the, you know <laughs> that's the kind of film that i just think wow those are the sort of films i want to make the ones where people just get immersed in the world in the characters they want to spend time in that world um because that's that seems like the most fun thing you can do with film certainly well, for me when you talk about capture you're certainly very much um you, you sound still very much invest invested in the world after uh, this long time of making the film can you and you talk about capture being a calling card to making a feature can you imagine it's going to be the uh, the capture universe that you'd like to expand or other 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 ideas that you've got in mind yeah uh all of the above i'd love to <laughs> uh, <laughs> i actually had a meeting with um uh with a big tv company over here and they saw the short it was on the back of that they'd seen capture and they said look let's make capture the tv series nice. um which would be amazing um but it's a film <laughs> so what i'm going to do is we 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 we're very committed to pursuing it as a film um and film for are hopefully going to get behind it but we haven't had those conversations yet with them but obviously they were invested in the short they thought it was they thought it was amazing the short um the 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 as the commissioner there Eva Yates she her her you know on the poster it will say she she said it was proper properly cinematic were her was her reaction to it so and and they're really enthusiastic about it so fingers crossed they they get behind it as a feature so um yeah which oh, would okay. be expanding the same world expanding the same characters um, well, that's going to be my next question. If you're going to be expanding it into um, uh, a bigger feature, you've obviously got this amazing cast that you've uh, culled together for the short film, but they're very busy. Uh, they can be um, perhaps not available uh, for to make the film. Would you imagine throwing them under the bus and getting somebody else in, or would you hold off to get the the, the cast involved back again for uh, the feature? Yeah, hopefully it won't. Um come to me actually having to physically throw them under a bus <laughs> although you know i would never let anyone stand in my way in my dreams <laughs> becoming a film director nice. um yeah i think you've got to be a little bit committed like that prepared to kill uh is <laughs> but um yeah well, if, right. if, if there's ever a convention where the um the, the ethos of the people going there is be prepared to kill to <laughs> Comic-Con is probably it. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's a, a, a quite a manic environment. So, so yeah, so in, in response to your question, I'd love to work with those guys. Uh, and if everyone's schedule, uh, you know, ties in and when, if and when we finally get the film funded and we know when we're going to shoot, if those people are free, then, yeah, it'd be great to work with them again. Well, I know that, um, speaking of uh, schedules, you're not able to actually make it to San Diego yourself. Uh, for the screening of, of Capture, oh man! Mm, no, I'm I'm gutted about that. Yeah, um, we did. We went to one one of the festivals in Switzerland. Uh, we went on a jolly there, and it's great fun to go to the festival um, here. I was able to get it past uh, my wife because I got two two young children. So even taking a long weekend away to do something as frivolous as go to a, to a film festival is is a, you know it's a big ask um but 
Yeah, San Diego, it's it's a lot. It would be a thousand pounds for me to just go there minimum. Um, you know, sadly, sadly, I can't I can't stretch it. But you know, hopefully, but, but, I mean, it'll well, lead to more things. You know, and I'll be back with the feature. Well, well I mean, the the film is getting its screening, um, and it's happening in. Uh, the Grand Ballroom D of the Manchester Grand Hyatt. That's on uh, the 9th, which is the, he says, looking at his calendar. <laughs> you'd, think, you'd think I'd know these dates off by, off, you know, by memory at this point. No, it's on the Thursday, but it's on a, Thursday. It, I think it's wrapping up the day, isn't it? It is. It's the last one of the, uh, of the evening, i.e. the highlights of the evening, Leonard. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's at half ten, and then, uh, then they're kicking you out. I don't know how it goes... How it goes down there in San Diego? Is it? Do people just? What do they do? They go clubbing, or? <laughs> well, I mean, I would say uh, that they go clubbing, or they find parties of their own to organise. Because as a Brit who has been to California, um, we do get slightly freaked out by the fact that they consider um, a twelve o'clock pub close um, early, and yeah. oh, sorry, late, sorry, and then they close, uh, say, a nightclub at two, which is just. Incredible to them, and there's us, us Brits going over, going. We're just getting started. Come on. Yeah. Um, They've so, got a healthier lifestyle, I think, over there. Yeah, They're known to possibly. <laughs> well, and less fun. Um, but uh, no, it's obviously going to be kind of like the last film of, of the day. So it's, it's yeah. something that is going to uh, cap off a great day at San Diego. Yeah. Um, obviously, I will try and be in the room for when the. Um, the awards are announced. Uh, yes. the, I believe it's happening two days later. Um, yeah. Bring and, me back uh, a t-shirt and an award. Well, yes. Uh, well, fing fingers, yeah. fingers crossed for you. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that would be amazing to get something like that. Well, I mean, I've got well, my Superman award, so I can kind of retire happy. Well, hopefully it's not over yet. I mean, hopefully in 2000 and... Well, give it two years. 2017, you'll be there yeah. again, uh, but with... A slightly bigger film. That would be uh, that would be good. I think if that, we can get it done within two years, we're doing well. So um, <laughs> no, um, that's not a joke. <laughs> that's how it. That's how it is. You know, films. You, it's a two-year project. Yeah. So the fact that this has already been a five-year project, um, getting on for, uh, we we ignore that and we just say right, we're starting now. We're writing the script. We've got two writers involved. We're trying to get fin finance to to fund them. To write the uh, to write the feature film version, um, and hopefully some of that finance will come through the generous public and uh, hopefully fans of the film who can well, buy the film online. Well, that's something that I wanted to uh, bring up. I mean, is is crowdfunding something that you've thought of doing, doing going the whole Kickstarter route? Yeah, it'll certainly be something we look at. Yeah, because. Um, but we just haven't had those conversations yet with sure. Film 4. They'll be the first people we talk to about it. Um, but the plan is if we can get just get the script written, then we can try and get finance, and we'll, we'll be going everywhere for that, including Hollywood, um, to, to try and get it made. But in the meantime, we, we've got to keep the lights on here at Tracy Towers. Um, and to you know, there's, there's all sorts of development costs which are involved in it. So, as I say, we, we're hopefully going to make a little bit of money from uh, people buying it online. Is my advert bit here, Leonard? Exactly. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. If you want to launch into it, where can people see Capture? Well, uh, apart apart from San Diego Comic Con, of course. Apart from all these fantastic festivals, 
Um, you can see it online at a website called wearecolony.com. Um, and um, if you just Google capture film as one word, it will pop up. But it's on that site. You can you can watch it as as many times. You basically you basically become a member, and you can watch it as many times as you want. But there are also 50 minutes of exclusive behind the scenes um, making ofs in terms of all the VFX, speaking to all the cast, making the music. Um, you name it. I've tried to explain and, and let people in on the whole process just to show them the scale of it. Um, well, I mean, my I, face on camera as well. I, I mean, I have actually gone through that site with a fine tooth comb because, I mean, I, I think it's it's only what's two ninety nine or something like that. It's, no, it's, two pound forty nine. Two pound forty nine. No, it's less than the price of a beer. Trust, trust me. If you're watching this now, if you're thinking about it. Go to wearecolony.com. Is it dot com? Dot co. Yeah, yeah. Com. Check that out for two pound four at uh, two pound forty nine. The sheer wealth of uh, background, behind the scenes stuff, um, uh, production artwork. It really is a a, a brilliant pa- a package for that amount of money, and it's certainly yeah. worth the money. It's very I, I personally would say worth ten times as much. So, I am a fan. I'm definitely, a, I'm definitely yeah. a fan. So that's the aim. Excellent. So here's fingers crossed for you for San Diego. Here's fingers crossed uh, for your future plans for capture. Thank and you. Edward, thank you very much indeed for uh, your time talking to us today. Pleasure. Always a pleasure, Leonard. Stay in touch. See you on the well, like I say, this, I will be in the room when the uh, awards get announced, and I will keep a small corner of the suitcase empty. Just in case, and I'll, I'll make sure that that uh, comes home with me if uh, if everything comes off. Perfect. That's the Either way, we should have a beer when you get back. We'll commiserate. <laughs> or celebrate. Come on, or man. Celebrate. Think positive, man. Come on. <laughs> Excellent. I do, I do. Excellent. Edward, thank you very much indeed for your time. Cheers, Leonard. All Excellent. the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been uh, A Cup of Tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Please do subscribe to the channel for more videos, especially the one-shots that we run, uh, incidental to the weekly hangout. And, of course, do join us again on Sunday for Talking Comic-Con, An Englishman in San Diego. It's the last one this weekend uh, before the big enchilada itself, uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2015. Thanks for your time, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.